Hi everybody, I'm Michael Goodman with Artmatcher, the mobile app connecting art lovers, artists, galleries, art fairs, and art events. While we continue to build a great experience, we'll be talking art with some of the industry's most interesting and knowledgeable people. Whether you're an art aficionado or this is all new to you, we'll be here to provide valuable insight and hilarious good stories. Hope you enjoy our chat today and check out Artmatcher in the Apple App Store and Google Play. Hello, everyone. This is Riley Clark, Head of Partnerships at Artmatcher, and you're here on the Artmatcher podcast. We are joined by Josh Casper. Josh is uh, an art collector and an arts advocate, as well as the founder of Art Basel and Beyond. Josh, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Riley. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. Well, first things first, you know, the Art Matcher audience would love to learn more about you and this project of yours, Art Basel and Beyond. Absolutely. So a little bit about myself. I've been very fortunate. Um, I've worked on Wall Street for the past seven plus years at firms like S&P Global, Goldman Sachs. I'm currently at Fidelity Investments. And, you know, one thing that I, I love about working in finance is a, a few different things. One, it gives me the means to be able to go out there and, and buy art, which I love because who doesn't like to look at beautiful pieces of art? But the second thing is, Art kind of provides me with an escape from the very competitive corporate world um, that I'm accustomed to living in throughout my entire day. Um, so the way that Art Basel and Beyond kind of came to be was, I, I kind of, I don't want to say stumbled into it, but it was by accident. You know, I work in a very competitive uh, world of finance and art is the escape. So there I was, I think it was maybe March of 2020, COVID had hit. I'm a relationship manager, so I spend a lot of time traveling around, visiting with clients. Obviously, the world shut down. Um, and I had a lot of time on my hands, and I always drag my girlfriend to all these different art shows. And she said to me, you've got 10,000 plus pictures on your phone. What are you going to do with it? And uh, in short, Art Basel and Beyond was born. I had a lot of time on my hands, and I had a lot of pictures on my hands as well. I love it. Well, there's actually an analogy there to how Artmatcher was founded. You know, Scott Steiner, our um, founder, also had about 10,000 photos on his phone, also found himself with some time and some tech talent on his hands uh, in early 2020 and thought there's got to be a better way to organize all this, connect with the artists, you know, think about this in my head. And that's kind of how Artmatcher came to be. Well, I'd actually love to dig into that balance between, you know, corporate finance on the one side and art or creative expression on the other, you know, art as an escape or as a balance in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, on, on the finance side, as I mentioned, I'm a relationship manager. So a lot of what I do is essentially raise assets. Um, and it's very focused on in the business, what we call increasing AUM or assets under management. And that's a very important thing in our business because it basically is a barometer for how successful you are, at least in my particular line of work. Um, So when we take a look at how that compares to my passion for art, art is a very innocent thing. It's very thought-provoking, but there's no ask of me, right? When I go into a gallery, there's no responsibility for me to have to do anything. I could go into the gallery, I could enjoy it for what it is. I can look at a painting. I can enjoy it for what it is. Um, So I really love how there's this freedom that comes with art. The other thing is when you're in corporate America, and I think this goes way beyond just finance, 
you're you're kind of acting a certain way, right? You're always going to be yourself, but at the same time, if you expect to climb the corporate ladder, you almost have to hold back a little bit, right? You have to kind of fit into this corporate form. Art is totally different. In the world of art, you should be as different as you want to be. So there's a few things. When I do my interviews and and whatnot with Art Basel and beyond, I'm able to be exactly who I am in free form. I don't have to think about every word that I'm going to say before I say it. Um, The other thing is, from the standpoint of being an, an art collector, it enables me to kind of take the benefits of working in finance and literally display it on my wall. So, you know, sometimes I literally will find myself in a very complicated situation where I'm trying to understand a complex deal. And, you know, you're kind of sitting there thinking it through. But then I've got this incredible hobby of mine that is all around me throughout my entire apartment that I get to look at. So it's really nice when your hobby is able to kind of cross ads in some light with what you do daily. I know that might be kind of an abstract thought, but the way that I kind of think about it is kind of like you're sitting in your apartment looking at artwork. I look at that as like you're kind of sitting in your artwork because it's all encompassing. It's all around you. It's, it's enveloping you. I love that. Um, a few things that I think might resonate with the art matcher audience. I love that idea of actually like sitting with the art, letting it surround you, letting it be a part of your daily life. That's so important. And also, you know, this idea of art as a balance. You know, I studied art history at Stanford, which was all about technology and startups and entrepreneurship. And, you know, you don't think of it as being a very artsy place, but all these folks wanted to meet artists or, you know, go to their local museum or kind of express themselves in a different way. That latent interest is really there. People really want it as a balance. Um, they need it as a balance. And we're at Artmatcher, we're big on like increasing that access, helping people balance out their lives with that um, creativity that artists bring. Well, I, I'd love to learn more about Art Basel and Beyond. Uh, and specifically, I'd like to talk about this idea of beyond. You know, it's not just the big fair and the big city, it's um, much more all encompassing than that. Please share. Correct. So it's about going beyond the art. So this is another parallel to my day job. I've mentioned a couple of times now that I'm a relationship manager. In the art world, my desire to create relationships continues. You know, I didn't just go into finance and go into being a relationship manager for the money. I did it because I love learning about people. I love building relationships with people and I love doing business with people. In the art world, it's the same exact thing. When we go beyond the art, similar to Art Matcher, what I'm trying to do is facilitate relationships between not only collectors, but also just art admirers, right? Maybe people that can't even afford art at this point. And I hope we talk more about that later because I do think boundaries are starting to break down. But it's about really facilitating those relationships. For me personally, when I buy a piece of art, it is a, it's an emotional thing. I'm obviously buying it because it's a very beautiful thing. But there have been instances where I have backed out because I've had a bad experience with the artist from being totally upfront. So it, it really is about the relationship. So what I'm trying to do is go beyond the art so that the audience can essentially learn more about the artist's background, what led them to become an artist. Perhaps it's, you know, something that runs in the family. You know, I interviewed an artist, Jill Bruvel, recently, and he, his family was cabinet makers. Um, and the main medium that he works with, no surprise, it's wood. 
Um, but I think in other instances, there's artists that none of that exists. They just love art. So they jumped into it head first. Second thing, I love to learn about the inspiration behind their work. How is it that they've come up with their signature style? I haven't had an opportunity to talk to Daniel Arsham, but I think it'd be really interesting to know how he came up with his post-apocalyptic um, type of style. And then I think, you know, the third thing, and this is a little bit separate from the relationship component, I love to learn about technique. A lot of artists don't want to share that for very valid reasons, right? Their technique is their industry trade secret, sort of say. But as an admirer of art, when I look to price a piece of art, I like to understand the technique behind it because that is going to help me be able to make that leap from this piece should only cost 2000 versus this piece should cost 10000 I, I definitely agree. First things first, I love what you said about relationships uh, in art. Um, there's a funny parallel to your own uh, work, but it's, it, it's so key in art. You know, our uh, motto here at Art Matcher is creating relationships through art. It's all about that. And it's so funny what you said about, um, you know, good relationships with the artists in your collection versus not. If you go and listen to our podcast with Alex Mito of the Superfine Art Fairs, that's actually some advice he gives to artists as kind of like creative entrepreneurs is maintain good relationships with your collectors, maintain good relationships with the folks who steward your work. Because there are a lot of folks who have a lot of works under their bed because they fell out with the artist. It's important to maintain those good relationships um, if you're an artist to your collector or if you're a collector to your artists. 100%. 100%. And there's an artist, Roderick Hidalgo. And I usually, by the way, I usually do not buy more than one piece by the same artist. Um, but Roderick, he is such a master craftsman. And when I bought my first piece from him, we developed a, a relationship and I enjoyed dealing with him so much that I broke my rule and now we're up to four pieces. Um, so the, that relationship component is really important because the other thing is when you see an artist that you really like and you've got a relationship with them, you want to support them and you want to give them that business and you want to look at the art on your wall. So it goes both ways. It's good for them and it's good for you. I got to say, you're playing a dangerous game uh, buying so many works from the same artist. I, again, just to really drive this point home and to talk about, um, you know, Art Basel and beyond, beyond the art, it really is the stories and the storytelling and the relationships that are important. Uh, this is the most recent work of art I bought. This is uh, a sculpture by Ana de Opregoso. I bought it from um, someone who was recently at Greenwich Arts Council. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I got it because I, I love the story, I love the technique, but I loved meeting the artist. I love building this relationship with her and with Tatiana. You can hear on the Art Matcher podcast. Um, I love that when I think of it, I think of uh, good Peruvian you know, dinners in a loud restaurant in Miami during Art Week Miami. Like, those are really the things that I think about when I look at you know, works of art that I am lucky enough to own. A hundred percent. And that's the thing. So you know, Art Basel and Beyond, it started with a library of photos. And, you know, it's funny, I've got, now I've got a library of over 50,000 photos, probably 25,000 are unique pieces. And I think I only have like 800 posts or something. But the primary, what I'm primarily sharing are my studio visits, which it's funny because the idea came from here's a library of 10,000 photos. And yes, I share photos, I share reels, but the studio visit is where the most substance is because you can't really build a relationship through a photo. You know, this is not Tinder here. 
you know, we're, we're building real relationships and we're trying to facilitate, you know, put it this way. I'm not, I'm not getting comped in when art sells, right? But I'm just trying to facilitate my enthusiasm and what I like to learn and to bring that to a larger audience because I feel a lot of people, when they look at art, they just look at it at face value. And you can't look at art at face value and say, what is it worth? It, it's too difficult to do that. And if we were to do that, I think, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Banksy, but if we were to do that, I think we would be valuing Banksy's pieces of art at closer to $5. So you have to look at the whole story. It is part of what you're mm -hmm. buying. Absolutely. And again, this is why I think there's so much affinity for, you know, your work with Art Basel and Beyond and artwork here at Art Matcher is it's less about the transactions than it is about the stories, the storytelling, the relationships, all that context that's so hard to um, put your finger on or to put a number on. Uh, that's where I think the, the magic really happens. Um, well, again, let's talk, let's talk more about your work. Let's talk, I'd love to learn more about these studio visits, the work you do with artists to promote them and their stories. Um, the Art Matcher audience would love to learn more about these studio visits and where they can find them. Absolutely. So my you know, primary audience is composed of collectors and artists of you know, all different facets of, of their career. Some are starting out, some are very established. Most of my media lives on Instagram. I'm still trying to figure out TikTok. I have a few viral videos. I have one that I think just crossed 250,000 views, but Instagram is really where you could find me. I'd say Instagram and, and TikTok. For the studio visits, it goes back to what I said about the artists in my audience being people who are just starting out and people who are very well established. It's the same with the studio visits. You know, if you're a fan of hyperrealism, the artist Carol Furman, she's one of the founders of that movement. I did an in-person studio visit with her down in Brooklyn. Um, but I've also interviewed a number of artists whose names that if I said, no one would recognize on, on this podcast. So I say that because if you're an artist, you know, watching this or listening to this right now, you could be someone that I want to speak with. You know, it, it, you shouldn't feel that I'm only going to talk to people who are very well established. The range is, is very far and very wide. I speak primarily with artists, but I also speak to gallerists. Now, with the artist, it's the same formula that I mentioned before. Background, number one. Inspiration, number two. Technique, number three. We don't always get the technique, as I mentioned. With the gallery, it's, it's very similar. Why did you become a gallerist? What's the mission of the gallery? And then they showcase their gallery space. So with the studio visits and the gallery visits, what's really important is that we're learning the story. We're understanding the what, when, why, when, and how. And all the while that's happening, we're showcasing the art in the studio. So I literally send out a prep guide to everyone that I do these visits with that walks them through, for example, like you don't want to have your camera on your face the whole time, right? Especially if you're not a recognized artist because people want to understand, you know, they want to see your work so they could try and determine like, oh, gee, like, is this someone whose work maybe I potentially want to own someday? Um, so really the, the whole impetus behind the studio visit was again, going beyond the art. So, you know, my Instagram handle is called art Basel and beyond, but that's because I can't punctuate. The actual name is art. And then there's a comma and then it's Basel plus beyond. And the reason why that is, is because we're going beyond the art. When you think about Basel, Switzerland, uh, I'm a watch collector. So it's not only the 
you know, capital of the art world, one of the capitals. I actually think New York City is really the capital of the art world, but we'll give it to Basel out of respect for Art Basel. Um, and then when we think beyond, it's about going beyond all of that. And it all ties into the studio visit. The other thing that's nice about the studio visits is they come in two formats. So number one is virtual, which enables me to break down all um, geographic boundaries. So I don't know how into cars you are. There's a brand called Koenigsegg. I interviewed one of the designers of that car who lives in Sweden. That's not something that I would be able to do um, if you know these Instagram live features didn't exist. So if even if you're not the what we would generally classify as an artist, you could still be someone that you know my audience would be really interested in in hearing from. And I'm constantly checking you know my Instagram DMs and and whatnot. The other form is in person. So you know I mentioned Carol Forum, and she was kind enough to invite me down to her um, studio, and we did something you know in person. So I've got an editor that I work with, and we we create these really nice, solid in-person studio visits. I think the other thing that I mentioned, Riley, that's a little bit different from the studio visits is when I work with other organizations. So Shashama is one of my favorite nonprofits. They've got an $11 million real estate portfolio out of New York, and they donate space to artists to both create and showcase their art. Um, So have some exciting things that are in the works with them currently. But the way that these partnerships always start off similar to yours, I invite them onto my Instagram to do an Instagram live. And then, you know, from there, we kind of roll with it and see where, where things go. And that's another kind of crossover to my day job of being in finance where, when I'm initially courting a client to learn a little bit more about them. So it's actually a similar business formula that I'm using um, for my hobby that I use in my day-to-day business in finance. I love it. I love it. And by the way, you know, it's all connected. Thinking about Shashama, uh, you can also check out our podcast with Evan Snow at Zero Empty Spaces, a similar group, um, mostly based in South Florida, but now um, locations kind of all over the US, where they work with uh, commercial real estate developers to provide artists with livable, uh, affordable studio space. And they do great work, um, mostly in South Florida, but uh growing, spreading. So definitely check out that podcast and check out their work at Zero Empty Spaces. Well, Josh, thank you again for sharing um, about yourself, about your story, about your work. To kind of close out here, selfishly, I'd love to hear what it is that attracted you to Art Matcher. You know, I'd love to hear, we did kind of a live interview uh, at the LA Art Show and you were very kind and complimentary in your words. I'd love to hear what it is that you like about the platform. Uh, and what you want to see grow. Absolutely. So let's start with the LA Art Show and then we'll branch out from there. So with LA Art Show, I love how you can go up to a piece, essentially have a QR code, click and learn much more about the piece and the artist. The key thing that you do that I love that I think really makes you all stand out is you provide direct access to the artist where you could DM them. That's huge and that directly parallels to my mission of trying to facilitate those relationships. So I, I, I love that you provide that access. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of galleries, but I, I do feel that some galleries are very willing to provide that access and other galleries are not willing to provide that access. Um, and I think Art Matcher does an incredible job of saying you're getting the access. Um, so that, that's number one. 
I also love these art walks that that you do. I'll let you talk talk about that because I don't want to misspeak to any of the 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 different components to that. But I think secondly, just thinking about the app itself, I love how it matches you. And I I'm on Art Matcher. I've started using it and and playing around with it. But I love how it takes your preferences and, and matches you to different pieces of art. The other thing is the types of art that you're featuring, the price points are all over the place, which is a good thing. And I mentioned earlier how I think that a lot of boundaries and pricing for art is starting to be broken down. And that's, that's really important because, you know, there was, man, I forgot who it was. There was some really well-known art critic and they had basically said that art was a luxury. And I cannot disagree more with that. Like art should not be a luxury. Art should be something that anyone can access and anyone can access it, right? You can get a print instead of the actual piece itself, right? And what I like about Art Matcher, and, and I'm not saying Art Matcher accomplishes that, but what Art Matcher does, like it kind of does accomplish that because it introduces you to artists who you like, and then you just go to the artist's website and you can buy the print. So Art Matcher does a really nice job of, hey, you know, maybe you can't afford this $10,000 piece of art that's hanging up on this wall at this art show, but click on this. It, it's not called a QR code. What do you guys call it? I don't want to use the wrong terminology here. We call it a, an art tag. So the art tag, you click on the art tag and then it introduces you to the world of that artist. I forgot the name, but there was one that I looked at and it had matched me based off my preferences. The piece of art was out of my range, went to the artist's website, there's prints. So I, I also think you're helping to kind of break down it, like that accessibility because a gallery that's showing you a $10,000 piece is not also going to present the print of that piece. It just doesn't happen. They're not in the business of selling, you know, lesser cost prints. They're in the business of selling the expensive pieces of art. So I think Art Matcher just breaks down the boundaries. But I think number one, it goes back to what I said first, facilitating the relationships. That's what it's all about. And I look at Art Matcher as a more physical representation of kind of what I'm doing with my studio visits. You guys are taking it a step further using much more sophisticated technology and stuff to be able to actually match people to art that they may like and then being able to provide them with that access when they're at these different art fairs. Last point is these art fairs are extremely overwhelming. I think Art Matcher helps bring it into an easier type of maneuverable way. Um, And that's important because someone that loves art as much as I do I get very overwhelmed, even in fairs that are small, like Red Dot. Never mind Art Basel. I'm lost in Art Basel. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Whether it's um, an art fair or a museum or the art world, kind of generally, it can be totally overwhelming. And what we're trying to do is to make it more um, digestible, more understandable, and more relevant to like you personally and your personal tastes and preferences. I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, for clarification, what we did at the LA Art Show was we worked with um, MRG Fine Art, really excellent gallery out of um, Sherman Oaks, California, to create kind of exclusive video content studio interviews uh, a lot of the time with the artists in the show to create that kind of digital, physical, hybrid experience with exclusive content and that real sense of connection to the artist. Um, and from there, you can go into the app and chat directly with um, MRG, with uh, the Super Fine Art Fair, which we did at the same time. We were working directly with the artists. So creating that exclusive video content, helping create that sense of relationship or connection. And then you can chat directly with the artists on the platform. 
Uh, I should say, we are partnered up with uh, the Redwood Art Group to do something similar at the Art Expo New York, um, March 30th through April 2nd. Going to be working with all the artists and galleries and exhibitors there to help make that show more navigable, help make it more accessible, help um, bring it into the fold. So thank you again, Josh, for those kind words. Um, anything else to share with the Art Metro audience? No, you know, I think, I, I guess one more thing, and, you know, that is that, you know, art is about more than just the art. It's about what's beyond the art. It's about the relationship. It's about the story. It's about all the things that I try to capture in my studio visits and that you guys are able to capture in your app. So I, I guess I think Art Matcher does a, a great job of really bringing something that previously you had to be a serious collector to get that type of access to an artist in a gallery. And you're able to provide that to someone that may not even be a collector. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you again, Josh, for your time. Thank you, Riley. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Art Matcher podcast. We had an interesting discussion, a great time, and we hope you did too. Please tune in for next week's episode and like, share, and follow. For more information about the app, you can check out our website at artmatcher.com or look us up on social. Stay safe and be artful.